0: This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I are back to discuss the NBA draft. We break down the biggest surprises of the draft. We talk about really the top 10 picks, what we thought was right, maybe what was wrong. Then we switch our focus to baseball, and we do discuss the Reds. After neglecting them last week, we discuss them this week and discuss, are they truly in it to win it? All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. There's only two of us this week. We we but it's light outside for me, which is like a rarity. You know when Ben has light outside or like light in the room that's other than just a light that it's
1: very light over. You know
0: here. you know that it means that like we're actually doing it at a time when Ben's not like half asleep. Um, yeah, which is great. So Josh, how are you doing that bright morning over there, sir at at eight a.m. <sighs> so kind of
1: funny story on that do you know about the canadian wildfires going on right now yes i've heard about them yes so northern ohio right now is under a air quality advisory it looks like it's foggy outside apparently it's smoke from wildfires so dude there's a little bit of a haze outside yesterday and i even noticed some yesterday and i was like oh i guess it's just uh gonna rain today maybe or something like that but no it's it's smoke so
0: see you know on top of that, you know, I live here in Budapest in Europe. You know, I don't have to worry about wildfires to getting smoke inhalation in my brain. It's freaking people smoking cigarettes over here. So uh, I understand what you mean by smog. I mean, there's really smog from people just smoking over here. But no, uh, it's just a joke. Um, but no, I mean, and, and it's also crazy because I know Indiana just had a tornado as well. So that's like mm. two things going on in the same like... Kind of the span of things, um, but no, we had a great episode last week, Josh. I don't know if you you remember any of it, but I thought it was just it was brilliant. Chris is just he is a he is a brilliant man when it comes to and basically taking an audience for a ride. We don't know what the ride is yes. at the time, but it was good. Is there anything that he said last week? You know, we didn't really get to talk about it after the after we were done. But is there anything last week that he said you thought was like, "Wow, that's a very good point"? We hadn't thought about it. Or we hadn't talked about it.
1: Um, not necessarily any one point, but the thing that uh, I guess was news to me was the whole uh, bit about Rayola's tape not being out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I tried to I tried to look for it after we were done, and I couldn't find any either.
0: Now I wanted to talk about that because I know, like, we were just talking with him. We didn't. mean you didn't really get to talk about it. It's very fascinating to me because there's also a rumor that's come out lately that like, you know, he's obviously switched schools that like high schoolers are coming out and saying like, this dude was not a very good teammate. Like he's a spoiled kid. Like, like, what do you think of that? Like, I, I know we both have played sports in high school and that, that tends to, there is those players, like we're used to it. But do you think this is a problem that is why Ohio state kind of ran away? Is that why USC kind of ran away? Do you think that is or is it just a whole bunch of smoke and we're going to kind of see, you know, the real him come out when he goes to college?
1: Um, I don't really think that.
0: Did Ohio State really run away? I mean, I just they didn't really try hard to go back and get him right because he decommitted and he didn't commit. They didn't really go back after him. That's what I'm saying. Like not run away. I,
1: yeah, I think it's because they just like quickly got Aaron Nolan. So they were kind of like, OK, we got a guy now.
0: Yeah, I mean, because but... I know I know it could be all I know. I know there's that, but I just feel like. When USC as well doesn't go after him, like Luke like Lincoln Riley, like he's a quarterback genius as well as Ryan Day. Like I don't know, it just was fascinating to me. I I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's just me overblowing it, but it just sounds it's just fascinating to me with Rayola. And the fact that you can't find his tape, that's also adds up to it as well to me.
1: Yeah. I and like I said on the pod last week, some of that um not verified by like any legit reports or anything, yeah. but just some people on Twitter have said that one of the moves was legit, like his dad getting another job, so they yeah. relocated. And then another transfer was because that school that he had moved to was going to make him sit out for like half a season, which is weird. If you're changing a dress, you shouldn't have to do that. So some of those might have been um, yeah. legit. I don't know. But if th- that's the case, it makes a little bit more sense. But it's, it does seem a little bit more so like when you can't find tape and when you're getting moved around all the place that that's usually on the parents. So I don't, I don't know what his dad's it doing, reminds me, but and, you know, I would, I would put it mostly on his dad. Yeah. More of the blame right. on his dad than Dylan himself. Yeah. If we had to, if we wanted to like point yeah. a finger at somebody,
0: you know, what this reminds me of, I don't know if you remember, remember the, the Reina story I talked about a little bit, like back a few months It was back in February. I talked about how Reina and Burholter, the head coach for the U S uh, men's soccer national team had like a, that beef, Or whatever, and then the parents were accusing the coach of something, whatever. This is what it reminds me of. Like the the idea of a dad just overstepping, maybe at times. May and we don't know obviously the situation, but it's just it's fascinating. But enough with talk from last week, Josh. Mm -hmm. Enough with talk. We're going to move on to, I guess we are still going to talk about stuff that happened last week. Um, but let's first start with the NBA draft. I know you had some I, thoughts on it and, and some things you want to talk about. We kind of previewed it in a way that like it happened after we recorded, but still. I did not realize that it was happening the day before. Yeah, after I, we recorded. I, I, I didn't realize that. Either. That's how I, tapped out of the NBA. I I've been. Cause like, I remembered it was like, Oh, it's this week. I was like, I think it's like Friday and I'll get the episode out by Friday. And then I was like, Dang, never mind. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fascinating. So what is your thoughts um, kind of on the NBA draft as you look at it as a whole uh, over the past week?
1: Looking through, I don't think we saw a lot of shock. Uh, no. We were curious whether or not um, Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson was going to be there at two. Scoot! <laughs> yeah. So the Charlotte Hornets went with Brandon Miller there, and uh, then the Portland Blazers ended up getting Scoot. The Thompson Twins go 4-5. Which
0: is weird. Then- that was weird. That, that's kind of <laughs> like how
1: I saw it projected though in most mock drafts was those guys were going to be in the top five in yeah some order, one way or another. But s- since that's not really a shock, I don't think we really have to discuss anything, but figure we could talk about a couple picks well, that we were excited to see where they fall, starting yeah. with the Cavs pick in the second round, getting Imoni Bates.
0: Yeah. I will I will mention before Emone Bates one guy that was shocked, and there was one shock for me, was Cam Whitmore from Villanova. The dude went to twenty. Like, this dude was okay. projected top eight. Um, now, they're saying that there was some concerns, injury concerns. But I'm like, dude... And the the weirdest one, and I heard a lot of people talking about this, was when the Magic just basically ruined both of their picks. Like, I guess they just... Like, the two guys they got, there's so many better dudes out there. Um, mm. They were even saying, like, at 11, they could have gotten Cam Whitmore at 11, which you never thought he'd be sitting there. Um, you could have got Grady Dick, um... And there's so many other dudes. And I know that even people are saying they got Jet Howard and they're like, yeah, you could have got him at like 20. (laughs) Like, you know, like, and I think, Josh, we've talked about this in the NFL draft. Sometimes these teams, like the coach just has a mindset of like, this is the type of guy I want. I don't care where it is. I'm going to take him where the GM does this. Now, I just think it's mind boggling if you're going to do that, then just trade back, like save yourself some money because now you're paying these guys more than maybe what they're valued.
1: Yeah. Better trade it's- back than reach.
0: Yeah. And so there, there's a few things. Um, I, I'll just briefly go over some shocks for me. The biggest before we go into the old Cavaliers thing, because I think you'll have some thought of this. What do you think of Trace Jackson Davis going second to last, by the way? That man going second to last from Indiana. The dude was dominant at Indiana, and he goes second to last. And maybe that's because the big man's kind of going away now, where, like, the traditional big man, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I well, Did he play all four years at IU, too? I think he played three or four, yeah, something like that. He played a lot. Yeah, it, it seems like the NBA always favors, like, the freshman or sophomore that still yeah. has some untapped potential left. And when you're a, a star in the college game for three or four years or whatever it was, uh, the NBA – I mean, they're like, okay, well, we we're losing already three years out yeah. of his NBA career because of the extra time he played in college, and unless there was like significant improvement from one year to the next, or if it's he's like, like okay, twenty-one,
0: well, or if he was like twenty-one after four years,
1: yeah, they're just kind of like, okay, has he already reached his ceiling. This is as good as he gets, yeah. and.
0: Well, T- I'd T- like say maybe Toshiba T- 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 too. Toshiba T- T- from uh, Kentucky. Is that his name? Shatibwa, Sh- Sh- T- whatever the Oscar, whatever his name is. I know who uh, you're talking about. Yeah. So he went undrafted and then got signed. I'm just like, dude, these dudes like, and that's probably why Eddie went back. So that's, I think, why Eddie went back because he's like, look, I'm going to probably not get a draft or get late second round. I might as well go back for a year, make some good money <laughs> at Purdue, mm-hmm. and then maybe get drafted higher next year.
1: Dude, that's crazy, dude. I didn't think about that, that he didn't go. Yeah. That's a guy that, um, at least in the college scene, they were talking about him in the NBA, what he's going to be doing, and then exactly. he doesn't even go. Yeah. Shoot.
0: So that's what I'm saying. Like, it was very fascinating when you look at all these picks. Almost all of these picks are dudes that are maybe 19, 18, 19, 20, 21. And that's about it. You didn't see many old dudes. And so it's very fascinating for me in that. But uh, going to what you said about the Cavs pick, I think getting to Monty Bates where they got him by the way at 49 wouldn't we talked about four years ago now i know this guy's had a lot of off the court issues but four years ago we were talking about this dude being like a potential top two pick in the nba draft in a few years and you get him at 49 when yeah he's 6'9 about 110 pounds i think (laughs) he's so skinny (laughs) but he reminds me of a kevin durant now please everyone don't hate on me in the comments. I'm not saying he is Kevin Durant. I'm saying he reminds me of a very tall, skinny type dude. What if, what if I, what did I say last week? The Cavs needed, what did I say? Wing play. I said they needed a three or a four that could stretch the floor. They got a six foot nine dude. Who's only like, I think he's only like 20 or 21 years old. I think that is a perfect fit for the Cavaliers. A lot of people have been hating on it. I think because they're like, Oh, he's off the court issues, dude. We got rid of guys that had no on the court, off the court issues. And to be honest with you, it's the NBA. You're paying them millions of dollars. If you're not, just cut them loose, right? So it's not a risk. It's, you got them in the 49th pick. So that's my thoughts. Um, also, I was kind of hoping they got to Keate Johnson from Kansas State. Used to play at Florida. That would have also been a cool pick for them. But hey, I'll take Amani Bates. What are your thoughts on Amani Bates?
1: Basically, uh, echoing everything you just said, when you're in the second round, most likely you're Mind just going to draft a guy that you're going to cut in two years anyways. Yeah. Every now and then you land on a Nikola Jokic or a Draymond Green that sticks yeah. around the league and has uh, you know several all-star Isaiah selections Thomas. and stuff. Yep. You get a guy like that. So, Imoni Bates, the ceiling's super high, uh, was the number one, I think, recruit yeah. in his high school By class. By far, it point. wasn't even close. Things didn't really work out in college, and even playing at Eastern Michigan, he didn't really look like he was a former number one recruit or anything like that. But the potential's there, the talent's there. We'll see if the Cavs staff can uh, develop him and get that out of him. Maybe he can spend a little bit of time in the G League first, but a two-way player type thing. Yeah. So for the, for the 49th pick, I, I don't know how much better you could have gotten.
0: No. And I, and I think you have, you have Mitchell there. I think that'd be a great guy to mentor under, uh, be underneath as a, as a mentee It's having, you know, uh, both Garland and him who have been there that can maybe help out as well. Um, so yeah. And I think touching on the second round. Um, also just in general, did you see how many dudes from France got drafted this year? There was like five dudes from France. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think four, there was maybe so five. many.
0: I was like, wow, the French are just pumping them out lately. Yeah. That's besides point. What was the other pick? I know you had a big pick that I know Chris, if he was here would have been really upset that where he got picked. Yeah. We got to,
1: yeah, we got to talk about Bryce sensible.
0: Yeah. Going I mean.
1: 28th to the jazz, right?
0: Yeah. It, well, I'll let you go first because I, I have some thoughts, but I'll let you go first. What do you think of the positioning of that pick and then how he fits with the Jazz? I, re-
1: I really don't know where he probably should have gone because some mock drafts, I saw him going as high as 14, but I saw some that had him as going going late as the middle of the second round, which had me thinking as a Cavs fan, could we possibly yeah, get a Rice- sense of all? <laughs> but rightfully so goes in the first round. I think uh, Chris said, and I'm going to take his word on it that he was playing out of position at Ohio State maybe Probably, not really a to be a point guard or whatever I mean his assist numbers would indicate that that he's not really a a distributor or anything like that yeah. but um for 28 I th- I think the Jazz did really well there uh, you're yeah. you're looking for guard play right now right since you don't have yeah. Donovan Mitchell over there anymore so maybe somebody that uh, it's a really good value pick at 28 that could develop into, you know, a serviceable guy for the next uh, several years for them. But I like to pick at 28. I would have yeah.
0: liked it at 20. I know. That's why, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just feel like the re the issue with Bryce sensible was, is that he's kind of a bigger dude. He's like six, six. He's probably about two twenty. He's, he's a bigger, like he's a, a thicker dude. Um, it reminds me a lot of the, the Spurs drafted our, our freshman from last year. Now I'm blanking on his name. Um, but anyway, so that, that's two years in a row they've had a freshman picked. And and both guys, it was kind of they slipped a little bit more. And I think it's because they were more scorers, but they played out of position. Like Bryce Sensible was playing at times the four, at times the one, at times the three. Occasionally they put him at a five because they just need to go small ball. Um, I think he's ultimately a three, probably a two as well. Like I think he could play two and three. But if you're the Jazz, like you should be stoked about this. Like you get a dude that is very physical, um, I think he's going to be a great scorer. You give him a few years. They also, you know, tie him up with Keontae George from Baylor. Those two dudes, I think, are going to be electric for the Jazz. I mean, with Markkinen, you have some of these other dudes, Jordan Clarkson, some of these guys, right, that you can kind of slowly bring in. I think with Bryce Sensiball, you need to slowly bring him in. I think you can't rush him, right? Like, um, it's it's fascinating to me, like where he got drafted. Like, there's a dude from the they got drafted by the Warriors named Brandon Put. Podziminski from Santa Clara. Like, you know, there's just dudes I'm just like, whoa, whoa, okay, cool. But as a high state fan, it's awesome to finally see Ohio State getting guys drafted back to back years. It's been so long since that's happened for Ohio State. Um, I think this is great for the program because that gives you kind of a boost. Um, if he would have fell to the second round, I would have been mind boggled because I think that his talent is way better than a second round talent. Like I think he was injured part of the year as well with his knee injury, which kept a lot of people hesitant about him when he's fully healthy. We saw it, Josh, you've seen it when he's fully healthy, healthy. He's getting 25 a game, right? Like he's putting up 25 and, and eight rebounds a game. And that's what you need at a high level. Will he ever average 25 in the pros? Probably not. He'll probably be probably like a 15 and six kind of guy. But hey, in the NBA, you don't need a lot of twenty-five point guys. You just need one good score and a bunch of guys that can contribute as well. Miami Heat system. Yep. Exactly.
1: Right. Anything else NBA draft I'm to, related? I'm trying
0: to think. Well, I did. I thought it was interesting too that like there wasn't a ton of Euro dudes this. I mean, outside of uh, like the front, the guys from France. Outside of that, there wasn't a ton of other countries. Like that was the weird, the weirdest thing. Like there's a guy from uh, Nigeria originally, but he's from Barcelona. Um, James Najai, who went to the Pistons. There was a guy from I think Serbia. Uh, another Serbian, Serbian Tristan Vukovic or Vucevic, something like that. But other than that, I mean, you did have two dudes from the same, by the way, from the same French league team going in the top ten. By the way, I don't know if you saw that. Hmm. So Wembyama from Metropolitans. And then at seven, the Pacers drafted uh Kulabali, who also is from the Metropolitans. So they had two dudes drafted in the top seven. Mm. But yeah. So any so what would you say, Josh, after a few years of this experiment, is overtime elite and G League at night, is it worth having to produce good ball players? What is your thoughts? Is it worth it? or should we go back to go to a, go either go straight out of high school or go to college i feel like it's just weird with this whole like weird one year team thing
1: they they are limiting it to like the most elite prospects that can go to yeah. the g league i think so that's that's a good place uh, to start right there i know as a college hoops fan of March Madness, I, I kind of miss seeing some of those yeah, guys. Like, there's not yeah. as much superstar talent I don't, there. Hey,
0: I don't mind if they go one. I don't mind if they're one and done, man. It's just exciting for that year. Like, I'll take it. <laughs> what, what? Yeah. Like, do we get
1: RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Zion Williamson all no. on the same team? No. No like, way. If that was a thing no when way. they were playing in the 2018-19 season, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess I. To me, I'm gonna have to wait a little bit longer because I That's honestly thinking, don't know how much yeah. some of these G League guys have panned out in the league yet. There's probably some that um, people are going to scream at me for not knowing, but
0: well, also how how do you think the Hornets not many are...
1: household names yet.
0: My biggest thing about like Scoot Henderson is just a very great player. He'd be number one, I think, in any other draft. What were the Hornets thinking? I'm I like this is just my personal opinion. I don't understand why they picked Brandon Miller when you have Scoot Henderson just sitting there. The Blazers are off the moon right now, but I just thought yeah. it was fascinating to so you took really...
1: Brandon Miller, but. Charlotte also, dude, has a long history in our lifetime of failing at drafting bigs. I know. They fail. I mean, who are some of the guys that have flopped there? They got uh, Gil- you know, Frank Gilchrist. Kaminsky
0: and Kid Gilchrist. Kid
1: Gilchrist and Cody Zeller. And, I mean, you go back to,
0: to Morrison, Charlotte Bobcat days. From uh, uh, Well, he's not really
1: like a big. He was like a wing guy. Yeah, he was a wing guy. Yeah. that's That's kind of like what I'm getting at is like this long history of bigs that they take. It's like. I don't know if it's a development Emeka, thing or a scouting thing. I think Emeka, thing.
0: Emeka Okafor was like their last good big guy they drafted. And that was when they were the Bobcats, too. <laughs> wild. It is wild. But, I mean, Zeller might have been their best one. He wasn't even a first-round pick, I don't believe. I think he was a second-round pick. Yeah, I can't remember. But,
1: um, yeah, hopefully Brandon Miller can get it figured out. Earlier. Maybe they finally land on one.
0: Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, after after Chris's, uh, I guess, uh, evaluation and praise for Scoot
0: Henderson, I thought he was definitely going too. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. With that, Josh, the draft is over. We're going to have Summer League coming up, which is going to be exciting to watch. But that leads us to talking about some other fun things, Josh. what, what is on the, what is on the table? What is on the docket, as they would say back in the old days? Man, so I think we got to start off with uh, an
1: apology to all of our Cincinnati Reds fans last week for not even giving them a mention
0: when they dude, were in the middle of a double-digit win streak.
1: Didn't even say a word. We had yeah, we had we had croissants, so we wanted to. I like, tried. Stick
0: dude. To, I was trying so hard, and I'm like, "There's no good spot." <laughs>
1: Yeah, we I mean we we used Chris's knowledge of the NBA and college football that week to talk about those topics. But yeah, um yeah. since we have been on last, the Reds win streak did come to an end, but they picked they picked it back up with a win over Baltimore last night. Yeah. Um Ben, I saw L. D. Cruz hit for the cycle.
0: <laughs> you know crazy. I'll say this. Rich Eisen said this. I don't know if how many of you listen to Rich Eisen. He was talking about how, like, if you watch the watch that cycle, all right, watch when he hits the triple. Go back and watch it. Watch the fans' reaction when he gets third base. Josh, you've been in Ohio, you know, a long time, most of your life, right? And you've been to Guardians games. I, I'm sure you've been to a Reds game or two. Um mm-hmm. I could tell you this from someone who went to Reds games my whole life. This is the most excited I've ever seen Reds fans. Since maybe the 2010, when we won the first uh, division title since 1990, maybe then, but even more than that, like Joey Votto's even come out and said like, this is the most exciting he's ever like been around in Cincinnati. I mean, they sold out three straight games against the Braves. Yeah. They won one game. Dude, I don't care. This is resurgence in the city that started major league baseball, right? The very first professional team in baseball in America was in Cincinnati. And so for me, By the way, watching Ella De De La Cruz play. Now, I'm saying this, uh, by the way, after he's now gone 0 for his last 12, but we don't talk about that. He's still hitting like 300. (laughs) All right. But when he hit for that cycle, I don't know. Did you listen to the call, by the way? That call was. I was watching the game, dude. Yeah. I
1: noticed that in like the second or third inning, it was already a five to four game or something like that. So I was like, oh, man, we got a shootout here. And then then by the like the sixth inning, there was seven homers hit or something like that. Yeah.
0: And then I love the call when he's like, he's like, he's like, it's the cycle. I mean, that call will rain in my head. For I mean, he's like, Ella, what he said something like some amazing thing that I'm now mad that I do not remember what he said. But anyways, they called him a great nickname. But this is what I would say. The Reds during that 12-game win streak, if you watch the Reds game, right? Josh, if you sat down and watched the Reds game, you look at this team, and yeah, it'd be fun to watch, but you're like, there's no way they should have won 12 in a row. Like, they have no starting pitching right now. Like, literally, they're throwing out dudes that I've never heard of because they're all hurt. They have Abbott, who just comes out, who no one knew, really, outside of Reds fans. He's now 4-0 with, like, a 121 ERA, right? You have Spencer Steer, who's come out of nowhere this year. He's got 12 bombs, 46 rubies. Jake Fraley, as we call him uh, Rake and Fraley. Um, um, but he's now got 12 home runs, 47 RBIs, Friedel, India, um, Ella De la Cruz, you know, you name these guys and Rich Eisen said it great. He said the joy of baseball is back in Cincinnati. It's, it's truly back. We actually, my wife and I have tickets to go to a Reds game with my family. When We're back in the States. We're going to go for a game. Why? Because this might be the moment. I don't know. Do I think they're going to win the division? My gut tells me no. Why? Because I'm a Reds fan, and dude, I've had these moments before where where it's it gets like really That exciting. division
1: is up for grabs. Right it is. Now, I mean, I, I would say this. I think. I thought will, the Cardinals were a surefire winner before the season started, and right now it looks like anybody could win. That I, I
0: will say this. I think it's going to come down between the Reds, the Cubs, and the Brewers. I think those will be the three teams that it comes down to. Um, I think the Reds they need to go out and get starting pitching. Do not be shocked. You see the Reds trade some of those good pieces to get a couple starters. Because I'm telling you, dude, dude, I, I, I've said on the podcast the last year, like I always say, the Reds suck, right? That, that's my thing, right? I come on and say the Reds suck. This is the first time in probably two or three years that I'm like excited to watch Reds baseball. Like I hate when I miss the highlights, or I hate when I miss watching it. Drives me nuts. Um, but man, I, I don't know about you, man. I like. I know you don't really watch the Reds, but even when you watch that game, like it had to give you some excitement, man, just to watch baseball thrive in, in Ohio and Cincinnati again. Like it, give me your thoughts because as, as not a Reds fan, like as not a biased fan, it was really fun to watch. You have to agree.
1: There are just so many good players on the field that game, dude. Like with Atlanta, you're you're getting to watch Albies and Acuna and Olsen yeah. and Austin Riley. And then on the red side, it's like Joey Votto is healthy now and yeah. also hitting tanks. He yes. hits two <laughs> that night. And then his on, base,
0: uh, his on base percentage, by the way, his average is like 230. His on base percentage is like 460. Like he's getting on base. Always
1: gets walks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, De La Cruz, dude. I, I seen the, <laughs> I think I saw, I missed the double, but I did see the home run. I saw the single and then he's coming up to bat at this point. He's three for three, I believe. And they're like, he needs to hit a triple. And as soon as he makes contact and I see it go in the gap, I'm like, it's the triple. And then he runs the bases, I think, and gets to third in 10.8 seconds. And then I've listened to a couple other uh, podcasts this week about, the L.E. Cruz cycle, and everyone else kind of had the same thought I did. It's like as soon as he made contact and saw where the ball was, oh, headed, he wanted it. He wanted knew it. it was a triple because yeah. of how fast he is.
0: I mean, I, I just love his whole thing where he just does this every time he gets a hit, and they just like <laughs> he just does the whole sword. But the crazy part is, is that guess what? He's he's uh eight for nine stolen bases. The only the only time he got caught stealing was when he tried to steal home. Like this man, like he. It, rich eisen said this he said he's like the ai he's the player you create in like uh in it the show he's the guy you create he's super got, got a lot of power and got a lot of speed right he's yeah. that it's a six foot six they're like well he's like O'Neill cruz i'm like please do not compare ellie de la cruz to O'Neill cruz please don't they're not the same player like yes O'Neill cruz is a big dude you, he's you, a short what stop. you
1: see is like two tall lanky guys that have freakish power and freakish speed and freakish defense and yeah, but I think with that actually the- leads me that actually yeah. leads me into the player comps I've been hearing. And have you heard yeah. the Mickey Mantle comparison? Yeah, I to- did
0: actually. I, I did.
1: I don't know if I like that one. I'm also no, not I 90 don't. years old, so I don't kn- <laughs> know what Mickey Mantle's skill set was exactly. I also know he only had 20 career or 20 more career stolen bases than Babe Ruth. So to me, that doesn't really indicate yeah, speed or an ability to steal bases. Yeah. I personally like the younger Barry Bonds comparison. That's what I was thinking better. too. I was trying to find a guy and me. like Barry, when he was like in his fourth or fifth season in Pittsburgh, he hit over 30 home runs. He had over hundred RBIs. He stole over 50 bases. He slashed like 300 batting and 400 on base, 500. People forget, how,
0: people forget how good he was before the Giants debacle. Yeah. People and forget maybe Barry, how good he was. Yeah.
1: Maybe Barry didn't have like the same frame. And I mean, you got to remember Barry. Yeah. Before he started getting on roids and then just turning into this. NASA Tank. rocket station launching tanks in the <laughs> Cove, yeah. But I like a younger Barry Bonds as a comparison. Yeah. If you wanted to find one, I don't know if we're ever to, be honest, find to be honest. To be honest, I
0: point to I've but. said you can't. You can't. Like I, 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 to me, you find me someone that's six foot six, can hit a ball four hundred sixty feet and run from ten to from first to from home to third base in ten point like eight seconds. Yeah, tell me someone. There is no one on this planet that like he's doing stuff. Even Otani is not doing and Otani is the best player in baseball, <laughs> right? Like to me, LA De La Cruz, watch him throw a ball from shortstop to first base. How do you see the ball? I played first base. It was hard to see the ball coming from the, across the diamond, especially in the sun and stuff that dude throws it like hundred miles per hour across the home from shortstop to first. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, man, I, a lot of people were asking me, I've had friends ask me, like, how how far do you think the Reds will go? Uh, and, and my true opinion on this is it depends on their pitching and it depends on do the rookies stay hot? Because we have learned is Matt McClain is legit. I'm tired of people saying that Matt McClain should not be starting shortstop. It should be L de la Cruz. Put L de la Cruz at third base. I don't care. Put put Indian in third base, put McClain at second. Matt McClain is the best hitter and might be the best ball player right now on this ball team. And I know that's a bold statement, but the man is that hitting is over th- the man's hitting over 300. He's hot, almost as a 400 on base percentage. He hit a bomb last night, by the way, that was like four over 400 feet. The dude's like five, nine. I mean, the dude's tiny and he had a, he had a double for an RBI last night to me. Yes. Ellie day, the Cruz in two years will be the best player in the reds might be the best player in baseball right now. Jonathan India, yeah, he's he's doing great, like he's doing solid. But the way Matt McClain changes ball games with the way he hits and stuff, he's the first Reds and he's the first rookie since uh uh who was it? Uh, first Reds rookie since Sabo to hit uh four extra bases in one game, four extra base hits. Um he has an on-base streak of 19 games in a row where he's been on base. I mean, the guy's legit. Um so It'll be interesting to see what the Reds do with the trade deadline coming up. Um, I really hope they don't trade any of these pieces. Um, I say just stick with the team you got. Um, I think Joey Votto, you keep him around. He's been a great veteran leadership the last few weeks. You keep him around. Let let him do his thing. Then let him walk after this year. Obviously, he'll be he'll be out of contract. But um, yeah, man, I I know that's a lot there, but I hope that sums up what you asked. And I and I hope you can you can add on to it if you 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 need to say there. Yeah, it, it's a tough
1: position to be in because. I think the Reds are definitely ahead of schedule. And oh yes, for you, sure. Do you make a trade at the deadline to maybe get a starting pitcher just so that you're capable of winning one round one of the playoff game? Yeah, like one and risk the the future of being able to have all those guys develop together and then maybe becoming a more lethal force than what yeah. you would have otherwise. That's that's the tough thing that just, every GM struggles with, and um, it's just always tough debates because on what yeah. to do.
0: It's just tough with the fact that they're starting dudes like they're only going three innings, man. Like it's like. By the way, I did not say this in my talk about the Reds and my blabber. Okay, th- I'm just making up for the fact that I didn't get to talk about him last week. Um, but uh, Alexis Diaz, I don't know if you've seen his numbers this year. Dude is a stud. the The man is 23 of 23 for save opportunities. He's now I think got 27 in a row since last year, or 28 in a row since last year. The dude has. Like He's unhittable. His stuff is nasty. And by the way, yes, it's the brother of Edwin Diaz. Imagine those two to finish out your bullpen. Imagine having one and then the other. It's it's mind-blowing. But Alexis Diaz has been a bright spot. Lucas Sims as well. The bullpen's been very good. It's the starters that I've worried about. So if I would say three things they need to upgrade, they need to get uh, a better starter, maybe an extra bullpen arm, uh, maybe another utility guy. Um, But hey, you know what? We have a catcher hitting over 200, so we're making it. Yeah,
1: we're still. I'm still waiting to see Bo Naylor get some hits in Cleveland. But the important thing is that he's up on the big. They listen to you,
0: Josh. They listen to you. Uh,
1: that they, they waited way too long. I don't think they really listened. I think they just <laughs> did it when they felt like it. But Bo actually threw out two st- two guys trying to steal. I, last I night. saw that. I saw that. Some rockets. Dude's got a cannon. Dude's got a cannon. Yeah. So I think regardless, if you how much out do you bet, they turn them
0: him. into first baseman. How much do you bet? <laughs> Like well, a year. here's the
1: thing. If if he doesn't hit over 200, they might just keep him at catcher, dude.
0: I know. That's the thing, man. You don't hit over 200. It's 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 the it's a guardian in the contract as a catcher. Yeah. You're required to hit under 200. Like you can't, you can't you, hit you over can't 200. Over. You
1: got to switch positions. And his brother Josh is already over at first base. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. Could be the crazy family drama situation over there
0: oh man, um, your guardians man can you do you want to start your thing like i said the red suck do you want to say the guardians suck, or are you at that, that point yet
1: i've been i've been at that point they're, they're starting to slowly call up some of these guys that i've wanted them to call up they got they had gavin williams come up and throw seven shutout innings last night <laughs> bo's been behind the plate i'm waiting for them to get tyler freeman in the lineup consistently maybe call up racchio or trade him, or figure out what they're going to do with the shortstop position. Will Brennan's coming around in the outfield. It's nice to see. Uh, I don't. I don't really have any expectations for the playoffs. They're a game,
0: a half a game behind. Well, that Minnesota for that dude, division. The central, right now. Listen, the centrals in both the National and American yeah. League are awful. Are American League Central, terrible. Awful.
1: It's been terrible. That's why Cleveland's been able to win the division fairly easy the last several years. You're
0: in the AL East, if you finish last in the AL East, you could be winning. You could be winning the AL Central. <laughs> yeah, that's why a lot I mean, of people are saying we should go away from like finishing where you do in your division to the best five records or whatever, or the seven seven or eight records. Which I disagree with because I think division play matters. But yeah, I think in the professional ranks like that, like just be
1: better. I don't know. Yeah, just suck it up. <laughs> you <Yeah>. suck. <laughs> Yeah. No uh oh, no man. relegation situations there, but yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland's been able to easily win that division and yeah. it seems like they're just content with it and even some fans are content with it. Yeah. Like what are you worried about? We're going to win the AL Central again. And it's like, yeah, and then we're going to get
0: bounced in 3 games in the first round. So what's the point? I mean, you listen, I remember when I was at Cedarville, we were both at Cedarville. I think you were at Cedarville at the time. When when the Cubs played the Indians, Yes, I said the Indians. Okay, don't cancel me. Um, when the Cubs played the Indians in the World Series, that was your guys' moment. Like that was like. Does that still seep into you? Like of all these, like uh, obviously last year and like this year, it's like. Do you ever look back, like middle of the season, go like we had it, like it was, it's there. It was, it was there for us to take.
1: It does was it there. And the 2017 season I felt like was even a better team. Yeah, but I, I guess I just got a taste of like what my parents and other older uh cleveland fans got to see in the 90s when you had jim tome manny ramirez yeah. sandy alomar all on the same team and they played in two world series then in 95 and 97 ended up running into the atlanta braves team that had tom glavin greg maddox and john smoltz in the rotation that team's ridiculous and then 97 uh ran into a fairly new florida marlins uh new expansion team from a couple years prior that got really good really quickly and and that blues into them too. And yeah, 2016 was, I mean, that that's the peak of my Cleveland baseball fandom. Honestly, that's the only time I've ever gotten to see a team play in the World Series. Yeah. Thank goodness we got the Cavs 2016 ring, so I've gotten to see a title. <laughs> yeah,
0: there we go. I that mean, goes for you too. That is true. I mean, I am a Cleveland. I, that's the weirdest part is people always, it's so funny when I tell people, yeah, I'm a Cleveland Cavs fan, Browns, fan. Browns fan. Oh, so you're. You're a Guardian. No, I'm a Reds fan. You know, that's just the way my dad was. Mm -hmm. My dad was brought up a Reds fan, Browns fan, you know, and and Cavs fan. So, but no, it is fascinating, man. I'm interested to see how the Guardians do and the the Reds do. Like, people ask me, like, if the Reds don't make the playoffs, are you gonna be bummed out? I'm like, no, dude, I thought they were gonna lose 100 games this year. (laughs) I thought they were gonna lose 100 games. Like if they finish at 500 and don't make the playoffs or they finish like maybe six games above or six games below, dude, I could care less. We have achieved something that I think many people thought would never have achieved. And the fact that the Cardinals are in last place just makes me so much more happy. (laughs) And you know, what's going to happen, Josh, I'm going to say this now. It's going on record. Now the Cardinals will end up winning this division. You watch that. You watch the Cardinals will end up winning this division and like, in a couple months, they're going to be in first place, and I'm going to be telling on the record, be like, I told you so. It's going to happen. I I, I hate to say it, but it's probably going to happen. Well, let
1: me tell you this, Ben. Out of all the last-place teams in the league, the Cardinals are the closest to first place. They're only eight games back.
0: I know, which is mind-boggling.
1: Boston is 13 games back. Holy cow. Kansas City is 17 games back. The, the A's? A's are 28 games back. <laughs> oh my God. Washington is 21 games back, and the Rockies are 17 and a half Hold games up. back.
0: Can we talk about the A's for a second? The they have one exciting player that Ruiz, I don't know if you've heard of this Ruiz guy that's got 40 stolen bases already. It's not even the all-star. Oh, right I
1: game. have heard of him, yeah. He's I saw him the other day. Has, but
0: the thing is on base percentage is only like 320. <laughs> He's like Billy Hamilton all over again. Like, yeah, like gets on base, sounds like, a lot like him. Mm-hmm. Billy, I mean, Billy Hamilton at that one, remember when he got brought up, was like stolen base king. I'm like, yeah, he could have 100 stolen bases a year if he would just get on base. Yeah, he, gets on he, base, like, he was only hitting up. like
1: 250 or something like that. And he was Not on base percentage like
0: 230 at times. It was awful. That threat was there, though, to run. It was always there. So what do you think about the whole stolen base thing? Are you excited to see it back when they're getting like, we have like five dudes with 20 stolen bases already? I, I think some of that has to do with the rules. Uh, someone mentioned
1: that the bases like being larger yeah, and how that, how that like creates like four inches less space or whatever. I'm like, I don't think it's that. I think no. it's the fact that they can't be picked off as much
0: as they yeah, could. And, anymore. I, and that's a big but, thing. I mean, because as a pitcher, man, like I, I used to be the, I was the annoying pitcher, man. I threw over like three or four times. If I knew you could steal, I'd throw over like three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how I, many times think, we? How many times the games did you watch, Josh, when you were younger, when they would throw over like seven times in a row? <laughs> it's just like step oh, seven throw. times in
1: a row. Even even still though, like before this rule change, I feel like when we were kids, we we had guys like Ichiro and Jose Reyes, and a lot more guys were like moving around a little bit, and then we got moved to like the home run, yeah, being cool, and that's no what triples, was going for. no doubles, yeah.
0: just speed singles was, and speed home runs, kind of going away.
1: <laughs> speed is kind of going away but now that um the rules are kind of allowing it i think that uh more teams more players are trying to take advantage of that and that actually leads me into a point ben of viewership in baseball mlb reported that this weekend i think attended it was the largest attended weekend in major league baseball since some several several years ago like yeah baseball doesn't seem to be dead. And yeah. it would appear that all the changes that they've been making with the pitch clock and mm-hmm. the bases and everything is actually making more people yeah. interested in the game. Do you have a take on that? Is it working? Are we just old heads and hate uh, change?
0: See, uh, or has I it been good for the dude. game overall I so stubborn. far? Uh, no, I, I would say the bases I feel like could have stayed the same. Like, That, to me, like, has no... I don't think that changed the game. I just think it was, like, a way to have a safety thing in there. Okay, I will say that maybe the game's going quicker has created more people to want to watch baseball, but it still sucks because, I don't know, I like going to a baseball game for, like, four hours and just, like, hanging out at the game. I don't know, like, games being done in two hours feels like I'm back in, like, Little League, and, like, it's a six-inning game, and, like, then it's done, right? So... No, I to answer your question, honestly, I think that shortening games and like having more of a speed type of like, it makes it feel more like the NBA or like, you know, football where everything's more fast paced. I think that's helped bringing more younger viewers, but I think you're still going to have a lot of the majority would be like, Hey, I would, wouldn't would mind if we took away something that has just been added, but Hey, if it's doing your job, as we know, baseball is all about making money. Um, I think it's fascinating with all these changes that a lot of teams are now are dropping like the pride movement a little bit as well. And more people are coming now since some of these things have been dropped, which I've read, which is not going to go into that. Josh and I won't go into that side of politics, but it is very fascinating that these kind of things have correlated to to more people wanting to come to games and that such.
1: I got the numbers right here, actually. So MLB attendance is up seven point eight percent from last season, and the league announced that over a million and a half fans attended games for the third straight weekend. That's the first time that's happened since two thousand
0: seventeen, and it shows, man. Like, I, dude, I will always say this, and Josh, I think you can agree with me on this. No matter how big football gets, basketball, hockey, soccer, baseball will always be American sport, America sport. It will always be the sport I feel like that unless you grew up with no idea of baseball, you can probably name a few different baseball players that are that are famous, right? I still think that baseball to me is... Now, obviously, it's growing global. We saw it in the World Baseball Classic, Czech Republic coming out of nowhere and, and competing, right? With dudes that were plumbers, right? Like, that's kind of cool. Um, we see the game going to London, right? And which is weird to me. Like, every time I look at the stadium, I'm like, this is a, such a soccer stadium. You can totally tell. Like, the the field itself is just, like, very makeshift. Um, but But these kind of things, I think, create this new energy and new vibe about baseball that I think just brings people to the game, man. Like I know America, great America ballpark, their prices, even though the reds are doing great they didn't jack their prices up. If you notice the teams that are doing well, a lot of them don't jack up their ticket prices, which is awesome to see, right? They're letting people go see the game, which I think is very, very important. And I think you can do that
1: when you have 162 games and it's yeah. not as exclusive yeah, yeah, of course. I will. I will disagree with you on baseball being like America's game. I think that's still football. I think that it's going to be football.
0: I think. I think. But, I think you agree with me though. It's those two sports though. Like I feel like you like. Yeah, basketball is great and all, but I feel like if you think of of America's history, what are the two sports that really kind of put the foothold into America's sports culture? It yeah, was baseball so. and it was uh, football basketball yeah it was exciting but it really basketball didn't really feel like it picked up till the 60s maybe baseball had been around a lot longer since then mm-hmm. and football had been around a lot longer right and so yeah. that's why but when people tell me that soccer is going to be america's favorite sport I'm like yeah you're nuts yeah go <laughs> go yeah go try mm-hmm. man so yeah, yeah
1: i mean if, if it was ever going to be well it's going to be when messi's here in the states yeah, I so Jeez, we're get started on we'll that. see what happens yeah, yes. baseball, though, man, I I guess I'm glad to see that some of the changes are working. I was doubtful. I thought that you would just um, turn away maybe some of your more like into it fans, yeah, the ones that actually care it did, about it, though. and it wouldn't really draw much new audience. Maybe they'd watch one game and then that'd be it to see but, what the, the changes have done. But it seems to be working so
0: far. So it tr- the it jury does. is out, but looks like it's positive. That is true. Well, Josh. I think we've talked about most everything we want to talk about today, but something that I think Josh and I are both very ashamed of, and we want to b- have a public apology uh, to the audience out there. We did not do a top five last week, and uh, I think we both need to apologize to our public because I've had many comments of how they've enjoyed Josh and I completely being opposite of 100 percent of everything that we've said. Um, there is literally, I've went back and watched, there was maybe two things that were even semi-close to each other. Josh and I obviously have different brains in the way we think, but that's how God made us. Um, so Josh, are you ready for our top five today? Let's do it, dude. Okay. I will introduce Tell them what it. we're talking about. Yes, I will introduce it. So we're so a fascinating thing came in my head the other day, right? We were talking about Wemby Wembi or Wimby Yama. Uh, who got drafted by the Spurs. They're saying he's a generational talent. So I thought, what about these other generational talents in sports that growing up we saw or we kind of witnessed them get drafted that we thought after they got drafted, like this is a guy that is like the most hype you can get, like the most hype any of these guys ever got in our minds. Now, this might not line up with what the public said, but maybe in our minds, like this is a guy that I want to put all the hype around. Like this dude's going to be legit. So we came up with a top five list um now josh do you think you're ready i'm ready do you want to go first do you want me to go first i'll go first okay let's do it do you have any honorable mentions or are you sticking with your five actually no honorable mentions today no honorable mentions that's perfectly fine yeah not Um, that you not that you totally just remember that i did not tell you this until five minutes before we started yeah i'm
1: i'm not i'm not i'm gonna spoil a little bit i'm not gonna have a lot of flops on my list and that tends to be because i don't end up buying into the hype that everybody else you're a, does because you're a
0: party pooper
1: you're oh i'm a, a party, party pooper. pooper i'm a skeptic i'm a hater <laughs> and most of the time it, i end up being right <laughs> but prospects that i've been excited about or yeah. maybe these are guys that i was excited about way more yeah. than what everybody else is excited about but yeah Number five here is probably the one that has been uh, the least successful in the pros so far. Uh it's gonna be Chase Young. Oh, I yeah, love was, Chase Young was, in, I love Chase Young in college. Uh got to watch him live a couple times, the final season at Ohio State where he had shit. where he set the sack records, just absolutely insane. I suspended. big freak athlete. And then um at least up to this point, I mean, Washington's declined his yeah. his fifth year option, and it looks like he might be having to find a new team soon. So <laughs> That's been maybe related to health. I know he did win Defensive Rookie of the Year, I think. So he started off okay. But um, would would love to have seen Chase Young have a little bit more success in the NFL than he has now. But I was super excited to see him up to the point where I even would have considered taking him over Joe Burrow first. And I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure Bengals fans don't regret the Burrow pick in hindsight. And I look kind of dumb for even thinking Chase first now, but. Yeah, Chase Sung, number five for me.
0: I, I'm actually going to stick with you in a football one that I think. Um, I, I, obviously, he didn't live up to the hype, and I still don't think he has lived up to the hype, and I don't think he ever will. But he did just play for the Browns. I think you know you might know where I'm going with this one. Um, defensive player, defensive end, to be exact. Uh, that'd be Jadavion Clowney. Ever since he took a Michigan's helmet off, and destroyed him in that bowl game. I fell in love with the hype around him. Then I watched his tape and I was just like, this man is not human. Um, Then obviously he went to the NFL and he hasn't, there's spurts, right? We've seen spurts of him, but we haven't seen him live up to that, that, that hype that everyone thought was, he was going to be the next big pass rusher. Um, I wish he did it with the Browns. He didn't really do that at all. Um, But Jameon Clowney for me is number five. And that was like a very easy one for me because it wasn't someone that got overhyped, I think, or underhyped. It was kind of just, I think right where it should have been, but maybe he didn't get really where he needs to be, I guess.
1: Yeah, number one pick. So, I mean, he's made some Pro Bowls, but you're expecting, like, Hall of Fame oh, talent yeah, at number sure. one overall, I feel like. And I don't know if he will be a Hall of Famer. No. Um, And health was always getting in yeah. the way of him, just like it has Chase Young so far.
0: All right. Do you want me to go next? I'll go this one. All right, four. four. You got? four. So, this one, I'm going basketball. Going basketball. I would go LeBron James, but I feel like that's just not fair. Um, I was, like, eight. Yeah, what I was, was like, I going to be hyped about? Yeah, like about? what, am I, what am I kids from Ohio? I didn't, that's know, cool. I didn't know any hype for LeBron. <laughs> that kid's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, no, for me, I, uh, I was. So this is an interesting one because I, I I didn't know like I didn't obviously I didn't watch a lot of basketball outside of 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 Ohio State basketball. Like I'd I watch the you know the the tournament and everything, but for me, D'Angelo Russell was like the guy that I was just like, dude, this dude, what he did at Ohio state, the triple doubles he had, like just what he did in general. Um, And and I kind of want to put this in the same sense, because I had these two of the same realm is uh, Evan Turner's the same thing for me. So I was old enough to really cause I was in high school ish time frame. And so both, I think for me at this fourth spot would be Evan Turner and D'Angelo Russell from Ohio state in the same kind of realm. Cause they got drafted, I think the same spot, I, I believe, I think they did. I think they did. D'Angelo Russell got drafted. What second second? Yep. And I think uh, Turner did as well. So for both of them, for me, that that just for them at that moment, uh, they both were high state players. I was super hyped about them. Both super talented, dominated the college game at their level. And I thought D'Angelo Russell going to the Lakers with Kobe, like this is going to be like the perfect fit. Ended up being an awful fit And he kind of has struggled Now he has a resurgence I think you can agree D'Angelo Russell's kind of come back To to where we thought he might be Maybe not as good But where we thought he might be The year in Brooklyn was awesome So to me Number four Most hyped I've been around A prospect would be D'Angelo Russell And slash Evan Turner uh, If you count them there
1: <laughs> Ohio State basketball players
0: Yes Those yeah. are the only ones I have I don't have the rest of them are all there So okay Okay Uh,
1: Number four for me is also a basketball player and is kind of linked to another former Ohio State prospect. Um, Number four for me is Kevin Durant. And everybody knows the story of that season. Who's going to be number one, Greg Oden or Kevin Durant? Greg Oden, Kevin Durant. And to me, 12-year-old Josh, the clear choice was Kevin Durant. (laughs) I thought Odin mostly just was good in college because he was big. And once he got to college or not to college, the pros that he was going to be matched up with guys that were much more his size. And it was going to be maybe a tough time transitioning for him. Whereas Kevin Durant was like the skilled guy that could score 30 points a game. It was like, okay, Kevin Durant, he's going to be the guy. And I mean, in hindsight, Kevin Durant has been the guy. Greg Gordon, health was never a concern in college, and then all of a sudden that he got to the NBA and yeah. never never really got to even stay on the court. Um, th- Those big centers, man, it's, it's something that Chris brought up last week is why yep. he stays away from unicorns and wouldn't even draft Wimby first overall. Definitely controversial hot take right there from him, but uh, Kevin Durant, to me, that was the guy that uh, the only basketball prospect I ever really was excited about was when I was a younger kid. and. I'll have one more on this list later on that we'll talk about, but yeah, yeah Kevin Durant number four for me.
0: Mm. Who's number three for you? Who's number, number
1: three? three? Number three, we go to the baseball scene. And
0: oh, I'm good, dude. We're like it. We're on. We're on the same thought process. We're on the here. same we're leagues. Going, we're just going the same leagues here. So,
1: number three to me is a kid that graduated high school early with a GED and was playing JUCO baseball. Dude, when we're going the same one. And sixteen-year-old something that I had never heard of. I was like, what the heck is going on? How can this kid be playing like top prospect talent at this young of an age then gets to the bigs when he's 19 and has only lived up to the hype? And that's Bryce Harper.
0: Dude, I would go in the exact same space as you. Same space.
1: Yes, Bryce Harper. Like there's – there, every now and then, I feel like baseball's top prospects always hit way more often yes, than football's yeah. and basketball's top prospects. I mean, you can go through the list of like all the hot names coming up. De La Cruz looks like he's going to be living up to the hype. And Mike Trout has lived up to the hype. And Shohei Otani, coming from Japan, has lived up to the hype. And Bryce Harper has lived up to the hype. And we could probably name several other guys, but Bryce Harper at number three for me.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say Bryce Harper. Like I, I that wasn't even a question for me. I just the only spot I had to figure out was where I was gonna put him in my list. Mm-hmm. Because Bryce Harper, I remember as a kid, I think he came up in what 2009? No. 2012. Did he come up in 2012? I think he came it was up in the 2010s.
1: I know that because was in so high school.
0: It was early in I think the 2010s. And I remember him coming up. And first off, it's so funny look at a picture from him from then to now because he had no beard and he looks really weird. Um, but the dude like was electric, man. Like it, he brought the city of Washington, DC, the same thing that De La Cruz is bringing to the city of Cincinnati hype, energy, excitement, something they hadn't seen in a long time. And I think Bryce Harper has delivered on that. Now, could he be maybe a little bit better than what he is now? Of course, but there's only a handful of dudes that have been better than him. Um, Mike Trout is just not human. All right. He's a robot. Uh, we pretty much figured that out. Um, Otani is just not made of human DNA. I'm pretty sure. Um, And you know, you have all these other dudes, right? But to be honest, I love watching Bryce Harbors to this day. He loves to kind of be a jerk every once in a while when he hits the ball (laughs) a long way, but Hey, you know what? It's baseball, right? So for me, Bryce Harper. I still remember when he charged the mound against uh the dude from from the Giants and just just whiffs with the helmet. I mean, just whiffs with the helmet. So that yeah. to me still will stand in, in in time. But to me, number three is that uh for me. Um number two. Now one and two was stupid hard, like dumb hard. Cause I of all the prospects wow. that I've ever been around, um, and and to me, uh I I'm gonna go I, I'm gonna go with football here, um, and for me it, it, as a Browns fan, I have to go with a Browns player because obviously um, I might be one of the very o- only very few people that was super hyped up about Nick Chubb. I remember telling my friends this dude is going to be legit. I was so excited, and I think most of my friends that weren't Browns fans were like, dude, he's a second round pick. I'm like, okay. Tell me that in like three years and look what he's done now. I mean, he is becoming the next Jim Brown. I hate to say that. Don't put that pressure on him. But in Brown's lore, he is becoming what's next to Jim Brown. Um, so for me, Nick Chubb has lived to, of, up if probably exceeded what we thought he was going to be. And as a Browns fan, Josh, if you disagree with that, then you can let me know. But I, I think Nick Chubb is, is, has been a prospect that I've loved and was so excited about.
1: So I don't think that I was able to be as excited for the Nick Chubb pick as most Browns fans. And that's because I was sold on Saquon being our first pick. Mm-hmm. And after we passed on him and took Baker Mayfield and then Saquon goes number two, I was livid, dude. <laughs> I, I hated Baker Mayfield as a prospect, ended up liking him better as a pro for a little bit. Um, But I, w- I wanted Saquon right there. And then since we took Nick Chubb, I'm like, oh, we just got
0: like, second round but have you been proven wrong have you been proven wrong
1: yeah i've been proven wrong i think nick chubb has had just as good if not a better nfl career so far than saquon Better baby i almost had saquon as a prospect on this list of course but just missed the cut yeah but that was one i was like man saquon dude he's going to be the next great cleveland browns running back he's going to help uh lead us back to winning seasons to the playoffs and I mean, he's done that in New York. He's been a big part of their offense, but Nick Chubb has not been disappointing at round two. Yeah, that's true. But that's why I wasn't as hyped about that pick as you – sounds like you were.
0: I was very hyped. I was super excited because I was like a Georgia running back, and I was like, Herschel Walker. That's all I can remember. (laughs) I was like, I was like, that's oh, the only way.
1: Barely just a couple of seasons before, yeah. though,
0: too. But I just was excited because I was like, the Browns finally got a running back. They didn't have to overpay for it. Cause I remember Trent Richardson, yeah. I was so demoralized. I was like, just don't draft anyone in the first round.
1: But you know. I gotcha. Number two for me is sticking in the baseball scene. And this was a guy that I tried to actually watch in double and triple. Hey, Karen. <laughs> It was a guy that I tried to watch in double and triple A, but my schedule's never aligned for it to happen, or he never came to, like, one of the Ohio Minor League teams. Yeah. I was just dying to get to see him in the pros, dude, because I loved watching his dad play when I was a kid. And then once he came up, he has lived up to the hype, and then some, yeah. I feel like. That's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Dude.
0: Dude's a man. Started Dude's up as a, a third
1: baseman, I think, has moved over to, to first base. He's been hitting tanks. it has been hit for average. He's been a fun guy to watch in the all-star games in the home run derby. But that was one guy that I was like, man, I cannot wait to see this guy as a pro watching both yeah. Guerreros. Hopefully
0: have both, both of them have hall of fame careers. Yeah. been good. It's, I mean, he, he's going to be a stud then long haul. I mean, if he hits a ball from the ground off the ground for a home run, Dude, he's met his dad's, you know, <laughs> like if you, if you like don't some. know what if you don't know what I'm saying, go up on YouTube and look it up. It's it's pretty remarkable. Vladimir Guerrero, bad ball hitting. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, So, Josh, number one. Who is it for you? Who is the number one prospect you've been most hyped about Uh, oh. throughout throughout any time you've been living? This one was the easiest one to figure out. Honestly. Do you feel like do hold on? Do you feel like we're going the same way on this? You go first, but I'm just I wonder if we're going to go on the same one on this. Go. We could. Uh I'm basketball's I, mine too, as well. Yeah, uh, number one for me, this
1: is easy. Uh, Zion Williamson, just from yep, watching I, all the. So you have same, yeah, same, yeah. I mean, watching <laughs> all the tapes from high school and then getting to see him play in college, like Zion was the one guy that actually made me care about Duke basketball as a North Carolina <laughs> fan, and watched watch Duke games maybe just as much as North Carolina games,
0: dude. I agree with you, though, man. Like, I it was not even close for me. Like, Zion was in my list. Like, I just had to figure out where I was going to be. I'm like, dude, I've never been so excited to see a dude dunk on a five foot eleven high school kid. Like, I've never been excited about seeing that. Like, I but I am. And, and then
1: I watched his. I watched his NBA debut, dude. He had to start a little later in the season because of injury and stuff. But he he got take was getting his minutes kind of limited. But anytime he was on the court, he was just. He was actually hitting threes, if I remember right. Dude, like, they are the talking it, about yeah. him being a paint guy, and then he's just hitting threes. They were leaving him open, it, and he's
0: draining them. And I was it, like, he, oh, my gosh, dude, Zion's going to be everything and more that they said he could be. It's like what you – but we said this, Josh. Zion has turned out to be one of those guys that I don't think loves basketball. Like, I just don't think he loves basketball. <laughs> maybe it likes It does it, look that way now. But maybe he just likes the fact that he gets a big old fat check every month. And doesn't really have to worry about playing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's just
1: basketball is just a means to an end, which is get rich. Huh, and...
0: Sounds like Ben Simmons. Oh, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> yeah, I but yeah, it's been awesome to see. And so yeah, Josh, I think this is the first time, Josh. I feel so good. This is the first time we're on the same page. That we've had two guys. We had, we had two, and then we had almost every other sport was similar. Like we had the same sport or uh organized there, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So I I'm excited to see what our next top five will be. Let us know in the comments what you think the next top five should be. Um, but I will say this. We do really appreciate uh, – we had a lot of views last week on our, on our video. Uh, we appreciate Chris obviously coming out last week. We do want to thank him for that. Um, let us know who you would like to hear us have on. Um, again, it's the summer months, man. It is fun. It is baseball season. Football is right around the corner. Believe it or not, people, football – like I start coaching – Obviously, my HFL season ended. We lost in the semifinals. We won't talk about it. Um, But we do start like high school. I start coaching high school football here in Europe. High school football in America. Start getting ready to get started. So, hey, it is around the corner. So get ready for that to be happening. Which is going to be a lot of fun for Josh and I to talk about some football coming up. So once again, we want to say thank you so much for watching. If you've loved watching on YouTube, go ahead and click that thumbs up button hit the subscribe button hit that notification bell let us know that you love what you see comment below your favorite thing to do in the summer on july 4th weekend what is it mm. what is your favorite thing is it cooking is it doing fireworks is it whatever it is maybe we'll talk about that next week josh um but let us know in the comments and if you listen on spotify or apple podcast make sure you give us a favorite make sure you have it there saved so that way you can see it uh anytime it comes live so once again we want to say thank you Have a great weekend. Until next time, we'll see ya.